Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast aimed at intermediate to advanced level English learners. At the beginning of October, English football club Newcastle United were taken over by a Saudi Arabian supported investment fund and overnight became one of the world's richest sports teams. But why do authoritarian governments like to buy football clubs? Let's discuss this and learn some new vocabulary on today's episode of Thinking in English. But first, why not follow the Thinking in English Instagram page, Thinking in English podcast, or the link is in the description. And definitely take a look at my blog, thinkinginenglish.blog, for all transcripts and some extra special bonus content. Here is today's vocabulary list. As always, the written list is available in the description of the podcast and also on my blog, thinkinginenglish.blog. Takeover. Takeover. A situation in which a company gets control of another company by buying enough of its shares. For example, the company has decided not to go through with the takeover of its smaller rival. Dispute. Dispute. An argument or disagreement, especially an official one. For example, India and Pakistan nearly went to war over a border dispute. Rumoured. Rumoured. This adjective is used to describe an unofficial, interesting story or piece of news that might be true or invented and that is communicated quickly from person to person. As in, the rumoured plan to sell the company never actually took place. Asset. Asset. Something valuable belonging to a person or an organisation that can be used for the payment of debt. For example, a company's assets can consist of cash, investments, specialist knowledge or copyright material. To diversify. To diversify. To start producing a range of different types of products or services or to invest in a range of different investments in order to reduce risk. For instance, farmers are increasingly diversifying into other activities to supplement their incomes. Piracy. Piracy. The act of illegally copying a computer program, music, film, etc. and then selling it. For example, record companies have tried to combat internet piracy. Distract. Distract. To make someone stop giving their attention to something. For example, stop distracting your sister from her studies. Authoritarian. Authoritarian. Demanding that people obey completely and refusing to allow them freedom to act as they wish. As in, that country has struggled economically under an authoritarian leader. Oligarch. Oligarch. 
An oligarch is one of a small group of powerful people who control a country or industry. For example, the story of how new Russian oligarchs amassed enormous fortunes when the Soviet Union broke up is fascinating. Before I get into the real content of this episode, I just want to take a moment to reassure any of you listening who are not interested in football or sport in general. Although I will definitely talk about some footballing details during this episode, the reason I chose the topic is because it is connected to politics, human rights, international arguments and global economics. So hopefully this episode will be interesting to both people who love sport and people who are more interested in current affairs or deeper issues. If you are a fan of English football, or soccer if you prefer American English, but I'm British so I will use football, you are probably aware of the recent Newcastle United takeover. Newcastle United are one of the most famous and well-supported professional football teams in the UK. Located in the northeast of England, they are famous for their passionate fans and for producing some of the best footballing talents over the years. More recently, they have also been known for disputes between the team's ownership on the one hand and the players, supporters and management on the other. Until October, the team were owned by British billionaire businessman Mike Ashley for about 14 years. His ownership has been described by fans as the worst period in the club's history for sustained unhappiness and lack of success. Team managers were sacked in unfair circumstances, players sold or signed against the coach's wishes, and Newcastle often struggled to remain in the top tier of English football, the English Premier League. Although Mike Ashley did clear the club's debt, he was incredibly unpopular with the fans of Newcastle. And for the last few years, he has been actively trying to sell the club. In fact, he first tried to sell the club in September 2008, during protests over the resignation of popular manager Kevin Keegan. And then about 10 years later, he once again put the club up for sale. At the beginning of October, it was finally announced that Mike Ashley's unhappy ownership spell was over. A Saudi Arabian-supported group, known as the Public Investment Fund, or PIF, has completed a £305 million takeover of the club. This is just over $400 million. The deal has been rumoured for a few years but was delayed due to concerns over the influence of the Saudi Arabian government in the running of the PIF. However, after a committee decided that the PIF are separate from the Saudi Arabian state, they were allowed to complete their purchase of 80% of the team. This is despite Mohammed bin Sal uh, Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, 
being listed as the chairman of the public investment fund. The takeover makes Newcastle one of the world's richest clubs, alongside the likes of Manchester City, Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain, who are all owned by tremendously wealthy groups. Currently, the public investment fund have assets worth around £250 billion. The new owners promise to help Newcastle achieve glory uh, once again because it has been nearly 100 years since they were champions of England. And they'll do this by using their immense wealth to build a strong team and club. Although you may have never heard of the PIF before, it is very likely that everyone listening to this podcast has used a product backed by them before, or even regularly. The PIF have investments in thousands of different assets, including hundreds of millions of dollars in shares of companies like Disney, Uber, Facebook, Starbucks, and medical company Pfizer. So who is the public investment fund? And how did they get so much money? In the simplest terms possible, The PIF is kind of like a savings account for the Saudi Arabian government. For most people, the main image associated with Saudi Arabia is oil. And this is certainly where most of the public investment funds money comes from. However, it is increasingly apparent that oil is running out. And for Saudi Arabia to continue its development and growth, They need to diversify their economy. They cannot rely on oil money forever. This is where the PIF comes in. The PIF takes the government's earnings, invests it in other industries and assets around the globe, and try to find new ways to make money for the country. Owning a football club is often an unreliable way of making money, but it may potentially open other possibilities. For example, it has been predicted that over the next few years, the PIF will use their connection with the city of Newcastle to heavily invest in renewable energy in the form of wind power in the northeast of England. In the long term, the connections gained from owning a football club with the local community can actually be financially beneficial. As I mentioned earlier, this deal was delayed due to confusion over who would control the football club after the takeover. Football teams are supposed to be free from government interest and influence, which means that the Saudi Arabian government would not be able to directly own an English Premier League side. However, after receiving assurances that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia will not control Newcastle United Football Club, the English Premier League decided to approve the deal. Another factor holding up the takeover was a dispute between Saudi Arabia and BN Sports. BN Sports are a Qatar-based broadcaster who hold the rights to show Premier League matches across the Middle East. They had been in a dispute with Saudi Arabia over accusations that the Saudis were allowing piracy, which is possibly connected to a higher level rivalry 
between the governments of Qatar and Saudi Arabia. An agreement was recently reached between B in Sports and Saudi Arabia, and then the takeover suddenly happened. Although the takeover has been almost universally welcomed and celebrated by fans of Newcastle, it has also been controversial and criticised by others. There has been vocal opposition from human rights organisations. Saudi Arabia has been accused of human rights abuses in the past. Uh, some women's rights campaigners have been imprisoned. Homosexuality is outlawed and punishable by death. And the involvement of the government in the assassination of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi have all been highlighted. As well as being the chair of the PIF, Mohammed bin Salman is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, the son of the king, and effectively runs the country for his father. Amnesty International, one of the world's leading human rights organisations, has accused the Saudi Arabian government of sports washing. Sports washing is the term used to describe authoritarian countries investing in sport as a method of distracting from poor human rights records. There are many, many examples of this around the world. Amnesty believe that it is a way of changing a country's reputation and trying to change the opinions of individuals around the world. Think about China hosting the Olympics. Importantly, it is not just Saudi Arabia and Newcastle accused of sports washing in football. The leaders of the UAE and Qatar own Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain, respectively. However, despite the criticism, it has been determined that the PIF is not the government of Saudi Arabia and that the kingdom will not be able to directly influence Newcastle United. All this discussion poses an interesting question. Why do authoritarian regimes like to buy or partner with football clubs, and in particular English football clubs. I have mentioned Saudi Arabia buying Newcastle and also the UAE's connection with Manchester City already. Chelsea Football Club are another example. They are owned by Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich, a former member of the Soviet secret police turned Siberian politician after the collapse of the Soviet Union, and an oil and gas billionaire. Other teams in the UK have sponsorship deals with undemocratic countries. Um, a, a famous example is Arsenal, a club from London, and the government of Rwanda in Africa. Why? Well, there are a few different explanations. One explanation is soft power. Uh, soft power is a concept often used in the study of politics and international relations. It is a difficult idea to explain in detail, but I guess it can be simply described as attempts by governments to gain international support by appealing to individual people rather than other governments. Of course, countries like uh, Russia, and Qatar or uh, the UAE or Saudi Arabia, they are always going to struggle to deal with governments 
democratic governments, that is, because of their human rights records. However, they could always try and deal with people, individual people instead. Examples of soft power include tourism, charity and aid, and government scholarships. In fact, I have benefited from both Japan's and Taiwan's soft power initiatives in the past. As football is such an important part of British society, buying a football club in the UK is seen as a way of trying to gain acceptance by British people. Moreover, as the Premier League is often seen as the best or certainly one of the top football competitions in the entire world, owning a team in that competition can help gain influence in the footballing world. Perhaps a Russian owning Chelsea helped Russia win the FIFA World Cup in 2018. Or the Qataris owning PSG helped them in their bid for next year's World Cup in Qatar. I'm not sure about this, but it is certainly interesting to think about. And as I already mentioned, there is always the idea of sports washing as a reason for buying football teams. Of course, there is also a business argument as well. The English Premier League is the most watched, most supported and richest football competition in the world. The current Premier League broadcasting deal is twice as valuable as the deal that the Spanish competition has. This in combination with tickets, sales of football shirts and other things that can make owning a football club um, a profitable investment especially if the owners have enough money to invest heavily and bring success to the team. Manchester City is a really good example of this. Bought by Sheikh Mansour, a member of Abu Dhabi's royal family in 2008 for £150 million, Manchester City is now worth closer to £4 billion. Here is today's final thought. On this episode of Thinking in English, I have talked about the takeover of Newcastle United by a Saudi Arabian-backed investment fund and tried to explain why authoritarian regimes like to invest in English football. The purchase of Newcastle by the PIF has been celebrated by fans of the club who hope the immense wealth of their new owners will transform Newcastle to become a top team in the way that Chelsea and Manchester City developed after their takeovers. On the other hand, it has been criticised due to the connections between the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Public Investment Fund. Why do you think governments buy English football teams? Is it because they love sport? Is it for business reasons, sports washing, soft power or something else? Do you support a football team? Would you like your team to be bought by an incredibly wealthy owner? Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review or rating, recommend it to your friends, or let me know on Instagram. My Instagram is Thinking in English Podcast. The link should be in the description. Uh, and make sure you check out the Thinking in English blog. 
I love hearing from listeners, and I really appreciate all of the messages I have received over the past few months. Feel free to send me a message or give me some advice or recommend a topic. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.